multis on without telling me. Oh, well, I am. And I didn't see either of the horses run either. So I just, I was at, I, I coached basketball. Jesus Christ. And then Torren played in the game immediately afterwards. So Christian and Torren played back-to-back on Blackburn Primary School. And I'd put, a, I'd put about 10 bets on, on the way uh, to the game. And I had $60 in the account. And then... <laughs> And then after the ga- after the game, I just checked the the, the <laughs> subtotal, and it was like nine hundred and thirty dollars. Oh God, fuck! Something's happened. You ripper. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Ming's for dinner last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We just had to go. Otherwise, we'd be listening to that story forever. <laughs> I just thought we're going. We're going. Okay, that's how it works now. If Blink-182 can reform for a tour, we can get back together for a one-off series of shows as well. And I suppose like Blink, uh, anything new that we put out, it's not really all that important. It doesn't have to be as good as what we've done in the past. It's all about feelings and sensations. You know, just us being together should be enough, I Basically, think. What you're saying is that the album is not good. Well, the album hasn't been released. The single. The single's fine. But I don't need it to be what they used to be because those still exist. I can listen to them whenever I want. Fair? It's true. So my name is Sean Peter Wedge. We're still sponsored by MGA and 121 Media. Timbo, we've opted for a three-episode format because as if we didn't need any more proof what we just witnessed off the top of the show, we're going to need to account for you. Yeah, this um, is true. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> What about when Timbo said on the text, he goes, what about we record, then we can go to Ming's for dinner. And I thought, Ming's aren't open 24 hours, so we're going to miss that. And he was the one who he arrived late. He so he's he the did. one. I was five minutes late. To a time, you... You said. You said. Yeah, well, I was driving in from Munda. Oh, so. And problem. where was I driving in from? No, Idaho? Well, nowhere, because you were already here. Yeah, but you do it every time you know how long to leave. I did not. Anyway, Tim, how have you been? Been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um... Went over to Thailand between uh, when we were the last rec- recorded and now with the family. Yeah. Had a terrific time. Got mm-hmm. a tan, looking buff. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to say got a tat. <laughs> no, I didn't get a tat. to shave you down before they did. <laughs> they would need to. Davis but- on tour, 22. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all well. Thank you very much, Sean. So uh, nice to be back in the room with you, gentlemen. Yeah, is it? Well, sometimes it we're, is. We're a bit more peppy than we'll probably be. I reckon players one to five will be really rigorously reviewed. Player 45 won't be so <laughs> once we get to episode three. <laughs> once, once, once we get down to Lewis Young. Uh, he was fine. He was yeah, good. he okay. was all right. Whatever. We'll Move catch on. you next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, this show remains the greatest piece of ass he's ever had, and he's had them all. <laughs> it's for Baganoush. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been for Baganoush? Ciao, ragazzi. I've, <laughs> up until today, been generally. Well, it's just um, not feeling the greatest today, but we don't talk morbid on the no, podcast. I was a bit concerned. He took 15 minutes to come and collect me from the car park, and then when he did eventually turn up at the window, he had the look of a man who is bleeding heavily from his anus. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I thought, oh, no. So, um, yeah, but we're here. Is that V good for you? W- without it, we're not recording, mate. Really? Just That's here. the only option? It's, it's sugar-free V. Garana energy drink. But is that good for your insides, like generally speaking? Not really. <laughs> is anything good for my insides? Like when that comes out, wouldn't that, that's like <laughs> that's like putting the Mentos in the Coke. Wouldn't that just 
like just exacerbate we'll, things. We'll, we'll deal with that when we come to it. But um, been well. How have you been, Sean? Because you're not going to ask yourself this question. No. No. Ha- I, ha- I, has the calcification of the excessive Ribena consumption? Oh, yes. Which led to your... It was a 12-year journey. I'm on, I'm on a, <laughs> 12, 12 years of Ribena. No, 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 no. It was, I, so basically, <laughs> have led to a stone the size of Ayers Rock. No, it was very small. Uh, so small that I could, in fact, pass it and not notice. Basically, I had a kidney stone. I woke up in extraordinary pain. I've done that once before, so I had a feeling I knew what it was. Um, my mood turned decidedly more sour when I got to the ER and there was an old man wanting a doctor's certificate for a cough um, oh, I love those ones. in front of me. And I thought, I'm in so much pain with my last breath before passing out, I might just kill you. I might stab you with this pot plant. I might strangle you with whatever energy I have left and then just be lying on the ground. Uh, yeah, look, it was, it was uncomfortable, but like I said, in the end, I was able to pass it without um, realising, which wasn't the case last time I had to have surgery. So That's all right. that was a win. Small rock, large tube. Well, yeah, because I had to take the, the the pill that enlarged the urethra. So that's what it does specifically. How they how they figured that out is a mystery to me. Someone did you just si- did you pee involuntarily, or do you still have control? No, you have total control, but you just got to you obviously got to drink an unbelievable amount of liquid. Does it come out like a fire were you, hose? Were you awake no. long enough to drink? Said fluid. Well, I was very drugged up <laughs> on the opiates. What a joy they are, by the way. Apart from the the fatigue, Sean had three hour days. <laughs> oh, I was out. I was I was as bad as you two idiots, just in hibernation, uncontactable. No, it was good. I I had the uh, whatever it's called. The the one thing that I find staggering is, um, like, you, so I don't know what I was taking. I just get prescribed these three pills, and one of them's an anti-inflammatory. One of them was a just a codeine style. Was thing. it in a tiny little bag? Was it white powder? No, no, it wasn't from your band. Um, <laughs> no, and then one of them was uh, the the tablet that uh, widens the pee hole. Um, I don't know what any of them are called. I've got no idea, no recollection. And it just made me think that, you know, in America, like the pharmaceutical culture over there is such that they know specifically everything. Mm. I'm on, uh, you know, nitro, nitropazepam <laughs> and such and such. Well, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know, a, a Panadol. And a Nurofen, <laughs> that's it. And, but oh, every, everybody knows a Moxel. But all that stuff is like it just—it just seems staggering to me that that pharmaceutical culture over there is just extraordinary. Mm. For me, I got no idea what it was. I just there were just little labels on the on them that said take this now and take this then and take that then, and I thought beautiful. You're going to wash the pain away. I understand how people get wash addicted away to them. The pain. <laughs> Till you smile again. That's a. Human nature. Human nature. Did they go and become like a Vegas lounge act? Yeah, and and were very successful at it. I I think they were moderately successful. They were the second biggest show, Australian show in Vegas. (laughs) I like like being the the fourth best in our four in Israel. (laughs) You put a bit of a rider on there. That's an alarm bell for me. Wasn't wasn't manpower a big thing? You would have gone over to see manpower, Tim. He was in manpower. Did, did not. <laughs> in the yellow budgie yeah. smugglers. <laughs> he was the founding Briefly. member. He was the man or and was the it power. the Chippendales? Chippendales. Yeah, they were, they were a big deal over there. Wasn't Jamie Jury? He was. He, you was, know? In, he, he uh, was in manpower. He was. And then he was in um, that home improvement show because he was a landscape gardener. I don't he know. was, yeah. And then. Um, Still is. Is he? Done very well out of it. As I say in New Zealand, he was sanding his dick. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Um, I will say, you mentioned the Ribena. I've, I've got to say that that first, that first Ribena 10 days after my kidney stone was unbelievable. Nectar like of mother's the, milk. <laughs> nectar of the gods. I was, my, my urine was like the pure waters of Lake Minnetonka <laughs> for 10 days and I thought, I'll, I'm, I need this, I need this. I just gave myself a little glass and I thought, oh, we'll have another one. So did your doctor say don't have Ribena or...? Not specifically. But said it wouldn't have helped matters. Oh, well, I've just got a history. I've just got a, a predisposition to... Because you don't drink enough water. No, I drink heaps of water. Do you? But I just, I just, create, I just create stones. I just yeah. do it. It's what I do. The stone mason. That's what I am. <laughs> That's what we should call Stone called Sean Bitterbudge. <laughs> um, do we want to do some patter before the we rattles, get to the, the rattlesnake? The Texas rattlesnake. <laughs> stone called Sean the For our listeners out there, for anyone who wants something to watch and is sort of somewhat interested in professional wrestling, um, SBS On Demand have a series of, uh, I think it's eight A&E biographies mm-hmm. that were produced in console, you know, with WWF. And um, there's a Stone Cold one, which is really good. There's a Shawn Michaels one, which is great. Bret Hart's got one, The Ultimate Warrior. There's eight of them. I think Rowdy Roddy Piper's got one. Can't remember the other three, um, but they're all very good. They're just Ric Flair. No, Ric Flair's not got one. But they all they go for about seventy minutes ish. Or the Iron Sheik. No, the Iron Sheik does not have one. Um, you're not just going to sit there and list wrestlers. George like, the Animal no, Steel. No, George Animal Steel does not. But for anyone who's after like just a, a pretty easily consumable watch about who these people are and their careers and their lives away from it, there's some very fascinating stuff about Steve Austin and his family and you know his marriages and his. I think he'd unfortunately gone through a phase where he liked hitting his wife, uh, which was not good. He's got two daughters, which I didn't realise. Well, there you go. But he's an interesting dude. And you're worried about Tim. Waffling on. <laughs> well, I'm giving people a recommendation no, here I, about I, uh, potentially something that you know could take away an hour or so of their time when they're when they're otherwise bored. Um, Waiting for a stone to pass. Well, yeah, that's all you can do is wait. Um, do you want to do some patter before you do in there, Tim? I'm just. I figure we're going to be here for a while, so mm. at some point I'm going to have to plug my laptop into a power source. So you're going so to do that right now? No, I just thought I'd get the power source. Okay, that's a good idea. Um, do you want to do some patter before we get into the reviews? Yeah, whatever. Okay. No choice. It's in the rundown. Um, have either of you followed? There's been some controversy in niche sports since we last recorded. Not in the cornholing. No, no. Cornhole is that. Please, what can you do to cheat there? Three sports have been engulfed in cheating scandal since we last recorded. The biggest one was poker. You might have seen. Nope. Maybe. No. no. So there's this online poker streaming thing. I don't even know what it's called. HCL or something. So... On September 30, it all kicked off. There was a, uh, a game of like Texas Hold'em poker, um, which incidentally made me go back and watch all the Daniel Craig Bonds, which yes. was probably more rewarding than the story itself. But what's the guy's name? I've got it here. Garrett Adelstein, better known as G-Man. Oh, yeah. So G-Man was in a hand with this big-tittied bimbo by the name of Robbie Jade Lou. And I don't want to really get into the specifics of it because it's all extraordinarily tedious. Basically, the cards came out and neither of them had anything. Garrett was going for a straight or hopefully a straight flush. Um, and I think Robbie had jack high. She had a jack and a four. And when all the cards came out, they'd both sort of gone relatively all in. The pot was a couple of hundred grand. But none of, neither of them had anything. And she won the hand with jack high. Jack high. Yeah. <laughs> The furor that has kicked off from then is quite extraordinary. He's accused her of cheating. 
Oh, there, someone's in on it. The dealer's giving her signals, or someone's giving her signals, or the switchboard. You know, the guy doing the cutting in, in the for the streams giving them signals. And she, how, how did she do this read? And how did she do this betting? Oh, you could only have done it by cheating. And it's like the whole game's about luck, mate. And she just got lucky. You had nothing. You were chasing a straight. You didn't get it. She might not have known what the fuck she was doing. Yeah. But she had the high hand on the table, and she won the pot. Extraordinary. It's still going. Where are we? It's still going. It's still going. And it's like, you just, mate, you just got beat. Deal with it. Just because she did what you th- didn't think that she would do if you'd have had the same hand doesn't mean she's cheating. And that's the she thing. She may where, be flying by the seat of her pants. That's the thing where people like. And you know what? She still beat you. She beat you. <laughs> and, she, and then apparently he had a go at her and she gave the money back or something. And there was this weird, what does that mean? And then she's done a lie detector and blah, blah, blah. It's like. The whole game, I hate it when you talk to people about poker and they're like, oh, it's a skill. It's a skill. It's luck. It's, you either get the hand necessary to win the poker. That's right. Or but you still need you to know bluff, what to do. Or. Oh, yeah. You need to know your there's percentages. A skill, there's a skill you to, to it. But if you, if you get yeah. shit hand all the time. You're not going to win anything. That's right. No. Yeah. And you know what a bet means or is um, presented to mean, and, and you've got to decide whether it's legit or it's not legit. See, he'd apparently read all, all the signs and you would never bet this way. And as you said, she, maybe she just doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah. And she was able to bluff the table as such as it was. Has anyone seen them film Molly's game? No. Oh, there's a scene in that where this guy loses a pretty high-stakes hand to a complete novice who has no idea what he's doing. And this G-man basically acted the same. He was just yeah. completely affronted by, rather than go, oh. Well played. You just... Too good. So that's, that's sport number one. That's sport number one. Chess is sports number two. Jesus. I've got back into chess. Okay, good stuff. When I say back into it, I taught myself how to play chess and I've been doing it online. Don't go up against these guys just yet because they're pretty, they're pretty high stakes. They're pretty big wheelers and dealers in the chess world. So basically, Magnus Carlsen, you might know him. I know him from a G-Star Raw campaign he did um, with Anton Corbin, a photographer. Don't know why they picked him. They thought it was funny or niche or whatever. So he is effectively he has accused his newest rival, what's his name, Hans Newman, of cheating. So Newman, he's a 19-year-old American. He's been accused of cheating in online tournaments, which you probably can get assistance if you're just playing remotely. Like you probably mm-hmm. can cheat. That's fine. Well, he's got a grandmaster on hand. Well, exactly right. So he beat him. Newman beat Carlson over the table. He actually beat him head to head over the table. So can you cheat? And Carlson is immediately. Accused him of cheating. How could I possibly be beaten? He must be cheating. One of the theories, no word of a lie, one of the theories doing the rounds is that Newman has anal beads that are pulsing like Morse code that are giving him tips and directions. That's one of the theories. Wowee. Yeah, that's the the lengths. Well, desperation to see that as as an option available to the bloke to cheat... And if you, if it was correct, funnily, that is also one of the theories with the poker lady as well. She may have had anal beads too. I'm not ruling out that either of you two, at the moment, have got anal beads. I'm closing. Just, just, just to be aware. But the funny thing here is, so the, the young guys now he's uh, filed a lawsuit, a hundred million dollar lawsuit, defamation and the like. Um, million. And I just thought, maybe the guy just beat you. <laughs> correct. Like, maybe you beat someone once upon a time maybe, maybe to announce you com- yourself. Maybe you were complacent. I, lo- I love that the, the dude thinks he's so important that even if he has been defamed, that it could possibly be worth $100 million to him. 
Well, it's his reputation. What? That's one hell of a reputation, sure. obviously big money in chess. So here's the funny thing. So chess.com, which has previously sanctioned Mr. Newman, um, they are currently in a deal or in undergoing or engaged in a $82 million merger with Carlson's own platform. Wow. Eh? Play Magnus is what that's called. So that's, the plot... That's, that's what I use. The plot thickens. There you go. I, I play against the computer. It's the bot. It's called Jimmy. How does Jimmy get the best of you? I've beaten Jimmy once. I was <laughs> very excited. <laughs> I think Jimmy had his eye on something else. Did Jimmy, did Jimy have an anal bead that day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you should. Whenever you, whenever Jimmy beats you, it's clearly it's, it's the it's, anal it's beads, the pulsing anal beads. Jimmy's got, and someone's feeding him tips. And then lastly, this is probably my favourite. The poker one's funny. The chess one is kind of like suitably nonsensical. Like it's chess. Who gives a shit? Fishing. I saw it. Yes. yes. Professional big game fishing. So in the world of pro fishing, you win when your catch is weighed. And the whoever heaviest has catch. The heaviest yeah. catch wins whatever, yeah. however long they're out there for, you win. So what if I told you, Fabian, that this has been corrupted? The sport of fishing has been corrupted by chances. What are they doing? Adding weights to the... Uh... That's precisely what Correct. they're doing, yes. Exactly. Anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> they, anal beads. Uh, so the, in the Erie Walleye Trail event on October 1st, tournament director Jason Fisher, who was the man you would have seen in the video. His name's Jason Fisher. <laughs> Fisher. Yes, Very is. appropriate. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> was caught on camera slicing open the catch of winners Chase Kaminsky and Jack Runyon. No relation to the canyon. And they were slicing them open and he was revealing they'd been stuffed with lead weights and uh, pre-prepared yeah. fillets. Sinkers. No, 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 more than that. They were like actual, like I don't know how to describe them. They were they were bigger, like bigger than sinkers. They were way enormous. Anal beads. No anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, I sort of thought to myself, "Why do I care about this? Shouldn't this be something that's just verified by judges every single tournament?" Apparently not. Yeah. And there's hundreds of thousands of dollars these guys win. Mm. They win boats. They win mm. huge cash prizes. Well, the dude that confronted them about it, he was most upset. He's the tournament director, Fisher. Wow, we. Yeah. That's nominative determinism. Shout out to E.T. <laughs> Andrew Eddinghausen. Andrew yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I suppose my whole thing is if we can't trust big game fishing, it's like what can, can you, you trust? trust? <laughs> it's, it seems to be quite extraordinary. But, yeah, that whole thing, I, just, I remember sitting there watching it and just thinking, surely you verify this every single time you have a tournament. Not sure. Evidently not. You don't just weigh the fish and go, hey, you won, Fabian. Not, let's verify that this arsehole is not cheating, which is quite easy to do. <laughs> your, your fish is like a foot shorter <laughs> than mine, yet it weighs 65 kilos more. Just, what is happening? <laughs> That's an awfully dense fish. Uh, so so hunt, hunt that video down, folks. It's not, it's not long enough to make measurement, <laughs> but it's the heaviest fish. It's the heaviest catch of the day. It's, it's the welcome stranger of fishes. Yeah, it's it's, it's exactly enormous. Right. That's how Tim got his nickname, The Nugget. The welcome stranger. What? I wouldn't answer his calls. And so when I finally did, he said, oh, yeah, welcome, stranger. Oh, I didn't realise there was a and, story behind that. Yeah, there and was then, a story behind that. So it. he called me the nugget. Yeah. This is coming from a man who just routinely goes missing for weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's good I'm point, busy. Actually. <laughs> just, he, as you said, he's Baloo-like. He goes into hibernation once the footy season's done and um, he just disappears off the face of the earth. No, I don't. Maybe on social media I do, but... That's about it. Mm. Do we want to do a quick sort of trade wrap? We weren't obviously terribly active, but do we want to just sort of go through oh, let's touch on it. the comings and goings? Uh, my fear, my question, and I'll open it to the room, have we done enough 
we've obviously backed in what we've got. Yes. And we've made very subtle changes. We've identified acres as a bit of a budget need. Yep. We'll go to the draft with pick 10. They might try to angle to make that more. We're obviously looked at what we've got. My concern is if what we've got's not good enough, that's an issue. Oh, look, it is. And, and look, we, we've got – and I've sort of made a bit of a point of this in part of the review as to you know, how long are certain players contracted until and all that sort of stuff. And we've, we've locked away Charlie and Harry long-term. Weedering's still in contract for a while. Cripps, Walsh. You know the the really key players that we rely upon. We've we've the um, big pieces. Yeah, the big pieces are locked away, and we're probably relative to other teams. We've invested a lot in those select key pieces. Mm. It will mean uh, that in that middle band, we we may be left a little bit wanting. Our ability to be able to add to what we have will be hard to do. We've been very. Um, selective in being able to take on a George Hewitt in free agency but but sign him up for four years and not overspending getting him. Akers we've probably identified as um, a need. He's contracted till 2025. We were obviously happy to take on whatever his contract was. So he he gives value for the right amount of money. But I think where we're at now is is, you know, anything else that comes into the club in the immediate term is going to be a bit of a bargain basement special until we understand what the salary cap is doing in future years and what our commitments to some of these players long-term means to us. And I'm kind of hoping that some of these long-term deals will end up sort of being for less money relatively as the salary cap increases, and that gives us flexibility to add later on. Well, even guys like um, you know Mitch McGovern's next contract, if he gets another contract, it comes back a fraction of what he's on yep. at the moment, you know, Williams isn't so much because I think he's got another four. Yeah, so, but, yep. you know, Jack Martin's, whatever his situation is, will be considerably less than yep. what it is currently. And even a guy like a Sam Doherty who's, you know, getting up there in age, he's still yeah. playing really good footy, but he probably won't be, you know, quite the premium that he was. Well, but generally those older types, once they get to 30, they're not getting crazy, crazy money, no. but they're also not getting minimum chips. So naturally when they age out or retire or move on, that salary comes back into yep. the cap, which can yep. then be redistributed. But Fab... I was interested in your point of view on it. Do you feel like we've I don't I don't believe we've addressed a key need. Is it the ruck? In the ruck. Yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll save this because we're gonna touch so, on it once but, we but, get but, to the ruck men. But outside of that, I think we've gone, we've identified a need and we've solved an issue, which is the wing. And for you know, reasonable it was a reasonable deal. It was like he's not a Blake Akers ain't going to come in and be an A grader, and we don't want but him to. We, oh, yeah, oh, I'd love it if he was, but I um, don't know. no. But he comes in and he's getting paid what he's worth. He sh- he's, should be a good, solid contributor to our side. So no issue with that. But um, yeah, I just I don't know if just if it was a thing that there wasn't any. You got to mention Brody Grundy, are you? About, no, I don't think Brody Grundy fits. If we had the money, he did, but we don't. Well, don't we obviously, we obviously yeah. don't have the money. Yeah. Which is fine. That that's not it's not us saying we've spent the money poorly or irresponsibly. Just once this opportunity has come up, the club just wasn't in a position to be able to go six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which we don't have. Mm. But was there I, anyone I, else available? Which I don't know. Uh, I'm not. Well, I I just think philosophically in football at the moment, football is based on turnover. You know, you want to be able to get the ball off the opposition 
clearances are great, but I think at the moment football clubs are happier to try and win the ball off the opposition through pressure rather than trying to win it at a clearance. So investing a million dollars in a ruckman that will give you an advantage isn't all well, it's not even that. Is you think about league wide as well, and you think what was potentially on offer in terms of ruckman looking for a move or that were gettable. Yep. Like really, who was there? Who was there that was that is categorically better than the options we have? As in a Lloyd Meek style. Yep. yep. Who, who is categorically better than the options we have at the moment? Well, if, and the only answer had, to that is Brody Grundy, and he his salary priced him out of the equation. I'm not saying he is, but is Ivan Soldo. Who was obviously put on the table by Richmond? Nah, he he's not better than. Is a he better than Pitnett? Nah. I don't. I, don't no, think, I think they're very similar. They're both competitive footballers. They do it through contest, physicality. I think. I think it's same same. He's and, got a, like a league best moustache. Yes, but apart from that, I'm not sure what else. So he is. ended up staying. He did end up staying. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have. I don't think you'd go to GWS because again they've got what Flynn Briggs and Pruce and. Briggs is a, is a man mountain. He's a big, big He's dude. A bloody big dude. Is he the dude that's just never fit? Or is that Bruce as well? No, Bruce. Bruce is always injured or suspended. Flynn has done an ACL. I think he's not a bad footballer, but Briggs is the one that might be the best of a lot of them. But he's just young, but big. Big. But, but he's very he's a physical footballer. We'll, we'll keep an eye on him and look to prize him out when he, if, if he does turn the to corner. Quote, to quote uh, Juice Bigelow, he's mm. a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the great lines. I, I reckon Juice Bigelow's got one of my favourite just... Pete calls it Bruce Jigelow. <laughs> <laughs> it's got one of my favourite like elevator pitch setups or sell, sells for a movie of all time. And the film leans into that when um, Oded Fair, I think is his name, was the, the titular Gigolo, um, just says... Why don't you stay at my house? This man that's just the, the fish guy who's cleaning yeah. my fish tank. Yeah. And then he rings him later and goes, I just realised I actually don't really know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the film just completely owns, yeah, just go with us. Yeah, now that line where he sees the, the, the size of the uh, the woman and rips out the, the huge fish. <laughs> just the, I say that, look, Kate, even Kelly says that line quite often. Like whenever you see something yeah, very large, it's... Uh... <laughs> I like it. It's a niche. Joke, but it's good. Bruce Gigolo. Bruce Gigolo. Um, so the concept of the Blue Pages is basically uh, we're going to go through the players as if it's a phone book. There'll be sections of our audience who don't know what that is. A phone book? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, not well, the listeners. Not, yeah. The listeners will know. The old yellow pages or the white pages. So we're doing the Blue Pages. We've broken the list into three sections. We've got uh, A to F in episode one, G to N in episode two, and O to Z in episode three, um, there is no quiz because I left this too late. I didn't have time to do That's one. That's fine. Thank God for that. Back um, in the day, there were only two books, though. Yeah, the white and yellow. No, was, yellow pages were two books. So there was four. Yellow pages was businesses. White pages was... Yeah, personal. and Personal. Uh, yeah. It was always A to K, L to Z. Yeah, well, I just didn't want the episodes to run four hours each. Well. Is that a reasonable request? It's a request. Mm. So we'll start off with A... And I think we're we're starting off with the big guns here. Yeah, correct. Dom Akui or Akui. Akui. I don't mean to disrespect the young man. I'm Akui. Akui. Yep. Akui. Category B rookie. He is. So a development or academy prospect, and for us, he's just that. 
He's just a low-cost project. Um, he played all but one VFL game this year. So that was a really good level of exposure for a guy learning the ropes. Um, he played a bit of footy down back. He played a bit of footy up forward. He did some chop-out rucking. And I think that's all pretty good stuff for one, a guy just learning the ropes. Yeah, 194, but kind of plays a little bit bigger than that. Well, he Not I think... Very athletic. Very, very athletic. Very uh, long-limbed. He's very long, as you would like to say. Um, I think... 2023 for him is really just about building some footy craft and just getting a bit more touch and a bit more sort of subtlety to his game, which you hope with another preseason he will. He obviously has got himself another year, Yep. which is, I suppose, speaks to the fact that he's he's done enough or he's doing enough to convince the powers that be that for this low-cost investment, yeah, that's fine. And and it's a very much position of need, you know, obviously with um, Liam Jones moving on. Very um, like for like, Dorman and William well, Jones. No, no, but but the stocks need to replenish, mm. um, and obviously the fact that we were able to get a Lewis Young in last year's trade period was an absolute godsend for where we ended up. Um, he was about the only key defender on the list that didn't get injured <laughs> throughout point, the yeah, season. He was, um, but yeah, having an Akui who is look, he's only twenty, but you need somebody developing in the background. I think if we trotted him out early in the season. Yeah, you know, next year it it means there's a bit of a disaster. On yeah, him. I was going to say because he's, ab- he's absolutely not ready yet. Yeah. But you know, you need somebody, uh, you know, doing that apprenticeship. So why not? I've got the focus here, um, just as a little sort of full stop on each player is get him on the chicken fillet drip tempo. Well, well, well and truly, uh, well and just truly. attach him to weeders. Yep, follow him around. Um, be a sponge. You know, he'll he'll actually this time next year. We'll, we'll either know or we won't. Yeah, totally. And that's fine. Yep. I think everyone is pretty um, comfortable with where that all sits. He could be a Jath type. He's that type of athletic. Don't think of the obvious, but he could be that type of athletic off-half-back type player. Very, There's very been athletic. a few highlights of him. He's brewing in the air. He, yeah. He, and he, he's, he's fearless too. So... Um, if, if he can be doing that in a measured, controlled way and impact the game, do it. Jordan Boyd is up next. He looked okay in the seven games that we got a look at him this year, primarily played off halfback and a little bit on a wing. Um, looks to have good pace and, and a bit of aggression and, more importantly than that, is a better-than-average kick. Yeah, he can yeah. kick it well good, and truly. Yeah, good kick of the football. Um I think he hit it fearless. He he he's, he doesn't mind a bit of physicality, a bit of contact. He's a bit scrappy, do. Yep. Mm. He's a bit like that. But when you're that when you're that size, you kind of have to. You're not you're not born with natural physical attributes that are going to make you intimidating. So he compensates with with effort. But um, no, I I I liked what he showed. Actually, him he was in some pretty good form when he went went down with injury. I said so exactly the same thing. I just yeah. He started to kind of get some continuity into his game and. Unfortunately, like most down back, he was. Um... So he did that against Frio. So yeah, he, so he was subbed off in Frio. Yep. Um, ultimately, I think he's probably just a little bit light on disposal wise. The average is just a tick over eleven. Yeah, that's so what I've that's written the same thing. Like yeah. that's it's not terrible, but at the same time, for a guy that's sort of not a bad kick, that's the use the users sort of yep. thing and try to manufacture ways for him to get a touch. There's actually probably a little bit of if he's going to play kind of half-back or small-ish defender, is there a little bit of a Matty Hogg? Yeah. Because he's an ex-Bulldog? No, or? just a little soldier ant. We've got to give you a job to do. Yep. 
Um, and we know that you're going to go but out. Probably and, better disposal than Matty Hogg, in fairness. Well, to that's that's, that's a good. That's good. Yeah, no, so, no doubt. I suppose I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think he's necessarily best twenty-two in a fully fit environment. That's the big question. Having said that, I think he established himself as a pretty handy break-in-case of emergency type. Absolutely, and you need that. And and for a guy that's played seven games of senior football, I mean, he was really improving uh, at the time that he got injured, and he is just a guy that needs time on ground. Now, as you say, is he best 22? Does he play a bit of VFL next year? You know, he's obviously got Saad, Zach Williams, Doherty, Nick Newman, and you know, to a lesser extent, a McGovern in front of him. Um, or playing in the same sort of area, so you know there's you know there, there, there's you know a question about whether you know he breaks in immediately. But we've moved on from Stocker, so obviously having a small defender type, we're more comfortable with Boyd moving forward. So I think we just run with it. I think the focus I've got here for him is just to be right to go day one of preseason. Yep, and be pushing himself and his rivals in those positions, making sure that well you're at, you're. You're giving match committee a decision to make. Make it difficult. And he is 24, so he, yeah. he's ready to go now. I think yeah. the credit to him, you mentioned it before. So when he got injured, the credit to him and, and where he'd come from in such a, a relatively short space of time was you actually thought him going down, oh, that's no good. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's a, like, that's a shame for us, which, again, is a win for him. Jack Carroll. Next cab off the rank. He's an interesting prospect, Fabian, in that I think he's a player who gets a lot of goodwill for a guy that hasn't really shown a great deal. I, But internally... Internally, there's wraps on him. Um, look, he's still only 19 or turn 20 in December. You know, got the five games. I, I Look, he didn't do anything that stood out for me, but then again, it's, you know, your first season of football... You know, first five games, what do you really expect? Not everyone's going to hit the ground. Hit the ground running. He just seemed a little bit rushed with a lot of the things that he did. And hopefully that, with time, he develops that, you know, confidence of, of his surroundings and he gets to show the skill that the, the club obviously think that he's got. But um, So the five games he played were in succession and he played North Melbourne, Adelaide, GWS, Sydney, and then Collingwood. And there was – he's obviously very good friends with Cripper. Yep. And I, I, when I sort of looked at that, and the thing that immediately jumped off the page for me was the politics in cricket. And people who like their cricket or have long memories might remember when um, some years ago now, uh, Rob Quiney, who'd been really knocking the door down to get an opportunity, been making a ton of runs in the shield. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Yep, so he, yep. he finally got his opportunity against South Africa, mm. who weren't bad. And then the captain's mate, Phil Hughes, came in when Kwani didn't do so well and he got to play Sri Lanka. Yeah. And you kind of went, mm. Mm. Who, who, are we, who are we giving an opportunity here? Mm. Is it setting him, put him in at home against Adelaide and North Melbourne and in the GWS who are struggling and has arguably have been – as bad as they've been in eight or nine years, you sort of thought, geez. And then when we got to Collingwood, you went, oh, yeah, he's not. This is a test mm. where we need a guy to really give us something, not be a passenger. And he just went, ah, oh, yeah, he's not yeah. ready yet. Hopefully he's not ready. Yeah, and that's Hopefully the, 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 the yet. The word. Yeah. 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 Hopefully it's yet. Because like, there aren't a lot of 
Sam Walsh, Nick Dacos is around that can actually step into football and be ready immediately. You know, there are guys that have to do a genuine apprenticeship and be ready and have the physicality. And I t- take your point on the quality of the opposition that he came up against, but he stepped into footy and he had 19 and 18 possessions in the first two games that he played. Now, modern footy, yeah, maybe you can get a few more touches of the footy than you otherwise would because of the way that we do play it. But Sam Felt came into footy and he couldn't touch it. Like, he couldn't get the pace of the game. So, and I might be going a bit early on Sam, and that'll come up in the peas. Yeah, we'll be up in the peas. But, but my point is, for a... And, and, and this guy wasn't pick three in the draft or anything else like that. That'll come up in the Ds too. That will come up in the Ds <laughs> um, when but, we're nearly um, there. <laughs> but, um, look, and, and when he got drafted... He was expected to go a whole lot early. I think he was rated about 13, 14 or whatever, and we picked him with our second pick in the 40s. So I think we got a bit of a bargain with Jack Carroll. I think he's a bonus footballer to a point. Do you reckon that it's disposal, isn't it, the knock? Well, look, it ha- and again, I always use this line um, selectively, his highlights look good. <laughs> Everybody's highlights, highlights look good. I keep saying it, mate, if, you, if you're making a movie and the trailer looks shit, you're in, trouble. You're in all sorts yeah, of trouble. Yeah. And no one, no one shows you the, uh, you know, the, the, the tape of your low lights. Well, see, Faber. I was actually. This is not a conversation. But I've never seen him kick it poorly. I, well, think. I have. I have. Uh, but that's what I was saying before. He looked, he looked rushed a few times, and it wasn't. I think he covers the ground. I think he's got. He's, he's got, got a lot. Rec- he's got a long left foot. The, fr- in, the frame is encouraging. Yes, yeah, so that's what I think. I look at him and I feel like there's a footballer there, but he, he's he. Polish probably isn't number one, but I don't think it's that he can't kick. He just needs to kick better. That's real money ball stuff. We give him yeah. four or five hundred at bats. He's got to hit better against big league arms, Timbo. I, look, I, I really hope there's a play there. There is enough there to kind of go. And and I think he was he was given an extension. Kind He's of contracted ahead of time. to 2024, so we're we're going to see this kid. We're, we're going to work. We're going to be front and center to be able to see if he does work out. But I think you know what I need to see for him. Enough there. So he doesn't start. And maybe he does. Maybe he knocks the door. Maybe he knocks the door down. Goals and starts. on the run. Well, no, well, not even that. Maybe he knocks the door down in preseason, and he is in the reckoning come round one. I think most people would suggest that's a bridge to cross later. Yeah. Um, you know what I want to see him doing in the twos, having thirty every week and kicking through. Yep. If he's doing that, we've got a player. Yeah. If he if he can win the ball in the twos consistently. Yep. Although, as we'll say, when we get to the piece, sometimes that doesn't matter. Yep. Um, if he can win the ball and actually do a job, the piece or the D's? The D's. Maybe I said Patty instead of Dow. But for some, obviously winning the ball's irrelevant. But if you can win the ball and be on or around the best in the twos for yep. the first four, five, six weeks. Yeah. I wrote dominant in the VFL centre square. That's what I want to see next season. That's what you need to see. Yeah. Um, so the focus here is just, for me, in the off-season, is fitness, strength and confidence. Yeah. And force or take the opportunities when they come. Yeah, like you're not – he's not going to he, – he has to fashion the opportunity. Absolutely. And the reality is we're talking about a football club right now that is in contention. So players that are still developing, they're not there now. They're not going to be a part of it immediately. And you just giving us the wind-up, Fab? Oh, mate, it's Jack Carroll. <laughs> this, this, this could be a, a four-hour – We're making okay time. But, yeah – Jack Carroll. Yes. Jack Carroll's not going to make or break our season, but if he fashions something, it's to our benefit. It's a value add. Uh, Adam Chera. So ultimately a frustrating year, I think, for Chera if we're being brutally honest. And there is a curve. Relative to expectations. There is a curve, and some players get graded harsher than others against that curve. I think that's what it is. On Brownlow night, I was very surprised 
round one. To hear a chair a lot more than I, I thought, expected. Oh, Patrick Cripps can't win the Brownlow now. <laughs> uh, Alt he played 18 games. He missed one with COVID. He missed a couple with adductor tightness. He had stretches throughout the year where output didn't measure up with ability, which was annoying. Like he played that one game against St Kilda where he was put out on the wing yeah. and that was disastrous. Yep. That was what the hell – like that was a que- – that was what a cross against him as such a cross against selection match committee. What are you thinking? Um, Maybe they were just trying something different and just, it didn't uh, work. You're, you're allowed to do that once. Yeah, totally. You're allowed to have, like have a crack. Dewey Cox, the record producer, you failed conclusively. Or well, maybe we did. Um, encouragingly, though, his highlights included great performances in round one and round 23, arguably on the biggest stages of them all. MCG yeah. football. Mate. When, um, when he was good, he stood out. He was very, very good. Absolutely. So, Can I make a point? No. Career high possessions, mm-hmm. career high tackles, mm-hmm. career high clearances, career high contested possessions. And I agree, I don't think he was anywhere near his peak. I has I don't even think he scratched the surface on his capability himself. He's only just turned twenty three. You have to play a hundred games. I know. So. He is he's gonna be a good footballer. I think do you do you think there's an argument to be made with Chera as well that and we're gonna to get to him later, arguably will be one of the last players we cover. So we, we're not it's in another another episode, literally. So I was big all year about Sam Walsh is so good of a player in so many roles. If moving him to one of those roles that he excels in means that someone else can excel in their role, it's a net benefit. He's our A-Rod. So Chera, if if Walsh goes to the wing and that means Chera plays a bit more inside and Walsh still impacts the game in a really meaningful way, we win. You could put Sam Walsh in the back pocket. He'll it's, still get the ball. This idea that he couldn't – we're not making this about Walsh – but this idea that he couldn't play wing, if why would we take him out of there? Well, we saw in round 23. Because if yeah. it means Chera plays like that or can't round one, if it means Chera can play like that, Walsh going to a wing and still drifting inside and breaking the game open with his run, we win. He's actually got no. less of a tag out there too. 100%. Yeah. You can't. Who do you put on him? And yeah. it means that Chera gets to play. Steve Monaghetti. <laughs> but I mean, not, so you're not going to outrun him. At his age. I think he'd have him in the contest. But if that means that Chera gets to play more predominantly inside where he records those contested numbers, those clearance numbers, can use his vision and his class and his clean disposal, et cetera, et cetera, then the win for us is significant. Well so and truly. I think the thing for Chera, you mentioned there, all those career highs, which was, which was excellent. We didn't really get a, a much of a look, it didn't feel at least, at... Chera, Cripps, Kennedy, Walsh, Hewitt. We did. Together. Especially at the end of the season when we really, really God, no, we didn't. Yeah. Um, so the focus for me, you mentioned all those great stats. The focus for me and for a guy's class is this. What did he do tellingly in that first game we saw him play against St Kilda Fab, which turned heads? What, the disposal inside 50? You're talking about the pre-season game? Yep. I don't remember much of it. Goals. Yeah, he did. Thing oh, I think we, I, we thing, do need more of that. The thing that stood out about Adam Cherry in that game was I couldn't believe. I actually asked, because I'm not one of these heroes who all of a sudden, you know, when you sign a player, oh, yeah, I know this, this, this. I had not watched much of Adam Cherry. It's that season at, at the moment. And um, <laughs> Trade and draft season. Oh, yeah, everyone knows everyone and knows everything about everybody. All I know is that guy I told you, Timbo. And you go, what is he? I said, mate, he's got a weapon of a left foot. I don't know what else he does. I yeah. saw five minutes of highlights and he's got a great left foot, but he could be shit. It may not be able to find the ball. But, yeah, what stood out was his ability to kick the ball left and right foot yeah. with penetration was 
that just feels like he's used his weapon to hit the scoreboard. That was the kick to set to set a field where he, he didn't know where he was and he kind of just fell over by himself. It was quite funny. Yeah, I don't know if I was laughing. I was sort of going, Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Uh, so, look, yeah, Chera, um, the good was good. If we can see it more often, that'll be mm. great. Uh, Matty Cottrell missed our first four games of the year uh, and then he played the remaining 18 to finish off the season. He had two goal games against Freo, GWS and Adelaide, which were encouraging. He certainly gets a game on his work rate, yep. which is always very good. He's that soldier ant type we talk about at length. But I just can't shake the feeling we just need to want for more. Like my abiding memory of Matty Cottrell's season, as harsh as this is, steel side bottom. is steel side bottom tearing him apart yep. and winning Collingwood the game. Yep. To quote Mark Murphy, anyone can run the wing. He did say that. You've got to do, you got to do more than that. So. And, and, there's, and there's no... To, there's so basically, no... what Murph was saying, let's not just judge him on the fact that he's got effort, the ability to run out games. You he's need still impact. There. You need... That's right. I thought he... he he improved. He improved. Oh, he's I not thought terrible. he had the best like season. Yeah. And, and hanging him for steel side bottom, getting the better of him. I mean, side bottom's an outstanding footballer smart, and has been for a very long time. Yeah. So And can run. Get, so, someone like him getting the better of you isn't you yeah. know, the worst thing that's going to happen. But You're not Daniel LaRusso there. You are hardly David Caruso when it comes to that. <laughs> but I think that, and maybe Blake Akers corrects this, as a matter of urgency, We I don't think we can be having Matty Cottrell play 18 games and be... Not at the a, output he produced this year. A serious yeah. contender. Yeah. And that may sound harsh. I think he's a really handy breaking case of emergency guy that's going to really play well at the twos level, going to put pressure. Goes back to the twos and needs to be one of the best on. I wrote for 2023 expectation, I said, my question was, is he a starting first 22 player? Does improvement see him elevate into it? but probably the best thing for Carlton would be he continues to improve and develop but doesn't spend significant time in the best 22 or 23 and he's possibly the ideal substitute. I agree. Because yeah. I think I think he, he is such a good runner that he can impact a game at any moment, um, but, but given the need to be able to concentrate and lock down and stand steel side bottom for 100 minutes, that day proved to be a little bit too much. And... That takes concentration too. No, it does. It I, does. I think ultimately too, I think he's a good kick of the footy. He's also 22. Absolutely. I think what he needs to do, and remember that Phil Neville quote when he said you'd go to England uh, and the England manager would always say you need to nail down a position and Phil's was sort of like, well, he prided himself on being able to play multiple fullback or a little bit in midfield or whatever. And I sort of think that with Cottrell, you know, you need to nail down proficiency at AFL level at our position. Well, he is better on the wing. Yes, because later in the season they pushed him to half forward, and I reckon his impact was dulled. Um, but and again, the the fact that you bring Acres in, I think that tells you the message that I don't think Cottrell is the answer, but I think he's a very important part of the wider team. Like he'll play he footy. works hard. They love him. He'll play footy, uh, and if he continues to improve at the rate that good. he's doing, it'll be it'll be decent football too. So and yep. I, I think. I think he's had a really good, se- really good season. And I still say the goal that he kicked against Freo, where he ignored Sam Walsh yes. and charged through and kicked the goal, was one of the highlights of our year. It was a great it was a great goal. moment. Yeah. Patrick Cripps is next. 21 games for the year. That's the most he's played since 2018. And he was back to his very, very best for long spells. Is that just is that the Tim Clark influence? I think it's a bit of everything. Um, I think that the relationship with the former coach had gotten untenable 
which between your captain and your best player is not great. Uh, he recorded a career-high 20 goals, which is actually probably what won him the Brownlow The Brownlow, yeah. Uh, which was good. And he actually became a relatively um, reliable set-shot goal kicker, which is something he sort of hadn't been. And, and what frustrates me is the mark he took when oh. they gave the free kick against don't, uh, don't, Silvani. Oh. Don't, don't. Like PT, that, PTSD. No, I get it. But that mark was we need somebody to stand up mm. and Cripper's gone. He did I'll the first it. part of it. I gotcha. I, got, I, I spoke I, I got to you without naming. How dare he outmuscle an opponent? Without naming names, I spoke to somebody who would have a very informed opinion on such decisions. Uh, we were speaking generally about the game. He knows I'm a Carlton fan, and uh, we were speaking about different things. And he goes, "That Crips, um, the free kick, Silvani goes disgust is disgraceful. Mm. It's not there." Well, if it's a free kick, it's against Isaac Quainall. Yeah, it's just not there. He goes and then goes up the other end and they play another block and he goes... That was the Jack, Jacob Wittering. He yes, stood still yes. and had a free kick paid against him. Yeah, it's pretty big. He also said, um, when I said to him, how would you feel if you get told Sam Walsh isn't playing? He just said, filthy. Yeah. And I thought, once again, without giving this man's identity away, extremely telling. Um, it's Banksy. It is Banksy. Uh, on the Brownlow, it was really great to see him win it because he'd been a sort of fated to win a Brownlow medal. And it's always a thrill when you see, you know, in my time, uh, I've only had three Brownlow medalists. I think for you guys would actually be the same. Same, yeah. yeah. So it does come along so infrequently and it's fantastic when one of your own wins it. Special shout-out as well to um, Mr. Goiter who decided to give Joel Selwood a shout-out in the middle <laughs> of the crowning of that year's Brownlow medalist. That was inopportune and inappropriate, I thought, given well, the Well, as moment. they sort of said, if you, had to, if you waited until after everything, you probably would have lost your moment, but it, it seemed... Just do it when he, gets, when he got that Jim Steins award. Yeah, yeah. the, ti- <laughs> the timing was very, very yeah. odd. Bizarre. Um, one interesting thing about Cripper is, um, and exactly as you sort of said, is you know he'd been pumped up for a little while. He had 591 possessions this year for an average of 28, but in 2018 he had 652. It was when he was very much doing it on, on, his, own. Own. on his own. On his own. So uh, yeah, because I was looking through and I was about to say you can't get a better season. You're going, oh well, he did have more possessions for years. Ago. You always have to put the cider in at Brownlow. Night. Usually, Sam Walsh had the sighter last year. You yeah. have to put the one in that yep. puts you on the rep, on the map. Well and truly, well and um, truly. I thought ultimately, Fab, we needed Cripper to bounce back because we'd committed to him long term. Yep. And we'd really slap the Jats down. That no, this is he's our guy, and we're going to give him the money and the terms to you know to to tell everyone that. Um, I've still got, and I think you're you're. I don't know how committed you are to this. If you're as committed as I am. I've still got that leadership question, and that's not to say he's a bad leader. That's not to say he's not a leader. He can't be a leader. But I've just got this nagging thing of just let the bloke play. Play. He's a leader by example. And if we, if it's a case of Sandwich was a premiership captain mm. and was replaced, I, I, what I it's see, happened before. It's and it's been fine. What I see from a distance, obviously, I know nothing. But you look at Cripper, and I think. He's got a great rapport with the group. So off-field, I think he's he's really good. I think there's a, a very tight bond with the playing group. And he's like he central to that, him and Doc. And he leads by example. Do you reckon we've got a bad cop? No. We don't have a bad cop. I think Weeders you know, can be the bad cop. I don't think Weeders is interested in being everyone's mate, mm. which makes him perfect. I think so too. You need that on the day... 
be confident enough in your own game to then go, Timbo, Roy Keane, do stop this. Regardless, if it, I, I, I might be having not my greatest game, but to be confident in myself to say, no, I'm recognizing this is happening or that's happening in the moment. And almost, how do you say it? He's almost. Cripps is in the moment too much to be able to do that. Cripps is, I think he's, and, and once again, this doesn't mean he he can't lead, he's not able to lead, he shouldn't be encouraged to lead. He feels a bit like big brother, like the bigger brother, he's, mm. I'm going to help everyone. You know, you've, you've, I think you've just got to be a bit more like the guy in the friendship group who just goes, Fab, you're a fucking idiot. You need, you, an, we, you need an an Emily, an Emily C-bomb yeah. of the group to say. And I think that if it makes us 2% better, Yep. That's – you do it. Yep. Unfortunately, I just don't think we've got that. I don't think we've got the balls to do it, to be honest. I don't think we've got the balls to say, Cripper, you're a f- phenomenal player. You've been a great captain for us, but do we actually need something else? I not think, I not think, something better, not something – what? just something else. And and I think if if we were going to try and make any sort of a transition – we wouldn't take the captaincy off him. We would go back to a co-captain model and bring a weedering mm. in because I agree it could be the best call, but I think the optics of saying, well, he's just won the Brownlow medal. You know, and it doesn't mean your captain has to be your best player and that's sometimes been the flaw mm. in the way that football clubs have gone about it is, no, no, captain is your best captain. I don't mm. think football clubs are mature enough, generally speaking, to communicate this is why we've done something Yep, and... This is it. They communicate it to the individuals and then the public. And what's his name? Is the perfect example of that? The um, what's his name? Sam Sam Mitchell. Yeah, I mentioned him before. Absolutely. Yeah. At the time, like now, in retrospect, the the story's been told, and Sam Mitchell's owned his part in it and whatever. And you go, well, Sam Mitchell's a premiership captain. Yeah. And And they said, no, Hodges, no. Hodges, the man. He's the man. It was a prudent prudent decision, dog. Yeah. But at the time, it kind of just looked like. Why are they taking it off Mitchell? Like they didn't – the communication to the outside world they did wasn't it to, great. Like Jack Viney, obviously. They just went, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you're the – he was co-captaining with Gorn. But yeah. they were like, yeah, no, I think Gorn has got it on his own. Hmm. Now, Ollie Wines was obviously – he was he stripped of it and then reinstated? I think so, yep. They sort of – it was that thing where you can make a hard call if it's going to make you a tiny bit better. I think for Cripps the focus is just um, you don't have to be Superman. I think, it, I think sometimes we just need to remind him – You've got teammates now who have weapons mm. who we can benefit from. Be the facilitator. Use those guys around you. You don't have to take it all on yourself, which it was a bit of a habit he got back into yep. later in the year, mm. um, perhaps when Hewitt and Kennedy and those guys you know, went out of the team again. But He's that, just going to have that regardless of personnel. The way you play when we're at a full complement, yep. maintain that even when the calibre of teammates is – Less still have that trust to because it, it hinders his own game, but remarkable year. Brownlow yep. medalist, what else can you say? And he's contracted till 2027. He signed the six year extension on, on, let's be honest, on, on, on a pittance relative to his exactly. Worth. Well, and he, mate, he's not on fucking food stamps. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 he's not. He's not, but he's not on the but, league but, minimum. But if he re signed at the end of 2022 as opposed to at the end of 2021, the deal looks decidedly different and the reality is as you say he'll be very very well paid but that's a very good contract for our football club agree and, and we don't they're not all good contracts that we have there are a couple that are 
not ideal and no. you know, and that will always happen. So any win you can have is a, yeah. is a good win. Well, from someone who turned up to someone who's gone missing, David Cunningham is next cab off the rank. Ruptured <laughs> his ACL on the 16th of May in 2021. Hasn't played or come vaguely close to playing a game of football since. I think there have been more sightings of Bigfoot and Nessie over the last 18 yeah, months. The Loch Ness Monster. Um, so the question for me with, with a guy like Cunners, is it his rehab? It is, is it his conditioning? Is it his everything? Attitude. Is, is it attitude? I think everything's on the table when discussing um, Cunningham and, and how much of the, the blame or recrimination belongs on which parties because it, it just seems staggering to think a bloke that did his Did knee, he play any VFL? No. No, there was talk when he Dad used to get excited. When he was on the injury list, Dad would sometimes see him in the background of training photos and just go, "There he is! Oh, he, yeah, he's, he's like, alive because he's there. He was in that photo." And I said, "That photo could be months old." Yeah. Well, late in the season, when they were doing some of the injury updates, they were saying he was trying to target the last couple of rounds of the year. Was that before or after they took him off the injury report completely? Completely, yeah. That that was the thing. It was just. It was so oddly managed because there was just no vision, or visibility on where he was at and how he was going, and was he ever going to play again? So, and, and it, as you say, you wonder just was that the nature of the injury? Has it been sore? Is it a? No, we're not going to say that it's a mental thing or anything else like that. He'd be the only it, athlete mate, that takes twenty-four months. It might be a. It might be an attitude thing. It might mm. be a Daniel Sturridge. That fantastic um, Klopp was asked about Sturridge. Um, and he'd only been to Liverpool a little while, and he said, Daniel has to learn the difference between an injury that um, prohibits you from playing and one you can play with. Yes, yeah. Because he feels like he needs to be 100% fit to play. And he goes, "That's you don't get that at the elite level. No. So the guy like Cunners, he got himself a year. He needs to give something back urgently. He's played 42 games in seven years. I, I would have done what they did with Matty Kennedy and Lockie O'Brien. And put him down the rookie I would have said, let's see how hungry you are. You're going on the rookie list. You're on 80K. Yep. Um, you're good enough to get a better deal than that. Yep. We need to see something. Yeah. Which, well, we'll come to it because he's coming up too. I, 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 won't, I won't actually say what I was going to say. Okay. Um, no, no. And, and no, I, that doesn't matter. We'll, no. We'll, we'll go with it later. Okay. Um, but Who, it, who's the boss? I'm just going to change tack for once. Who's the boss of McLaren? The That's American bloke. Zach Brown, he's hopeless. When Timbo's got the cans on, has he got a bit of Zach Brown about him? Uh, it's Just, not your worst effort. It's not great. It's not as bad as we're accustomed to from the shit. I saw away. a picture of Kenny Rogers the other day and I thought, I don't know why, but I'm seeing Tim. <laughs> Maybe Jesus. you're hallucinating. You're losing a lot of blood. <laughs> My grey beard. <laughs> um, I don't have a grey beard, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, with Cunners, lots of talent. He absolutely fits a need. He absolutely offers us something that we do not have, but he needs to play. And, and, we, if he's, if and he's we, in, mate, if he's incapable of playing, there's don't, no, don't recontract there's not him. any point of having him. Yeah, we've got nothing out of our medium-sized forwards. Nothing. Well, not a lot. He's not, not a medium-sized forward though. I, I, I uh, beg well, to differ. I reckon nah, he. He's a half forward slash wing. Half, he's half forward. Half forward. Yeah, yeah but he's not a medium-sized marking forward. No, not a marking forward. But he and Jack Martin. And Jack Silvani, through circumstance not of his own, were never there. Yep. This season. And Fogarty as well. Yeah, but then he's probably we'll, more we'll, of a small. We'll get, we'll get to him. Get to him. I, look, I think the focus for Cunners is body and attitude, getting them both right. And the frustrating thing is, I and we've always said it, 
because he plays in such a silky way, I reckon as the pace of the game goes up, I reckon he handles it. And I just think he would be a better contributor for us when we're a better side. 100%. So now that we're in the window and ready to go and you've got two blokes that are kicking 110 goals between them. Tim, we have been seduced. We need this mm. bloke we have front been, and centre in front of He's given us the now. glimpse. Tim, us, we have been seduced not by what this guy has given us, but what we all hope that he's actually capable of giving Correct. us. And that's why, that's why they probably protected him by not putting him on the rookie list. Yeah. Because they figured someone might take the gamble. Well, because once upon a time when you did it, you like for one or two seasons, you could actually just demote a guy. Mm. Whereas in this new system, you actually have to delist him and then somebody else can swoop in. in. Yeah. So he needs to make 2023 easier. He needs to convince himself and his coaches that he wants to be an AFL footballer. Well, there's not going to be any sitting on the fence at the end of nah. this season. You know, it's, it's 26. It's, it's you're there. It'll or be 26. Mate, I don't want to think. You know what? I don't want to hear his name in 20 years' time and think of that one fucking game against Essendon in lockdown. Yeah. Or the front and square against the Bulldogs. He'll be 27 and he's played 41 games. The writing's on the wall. He won't be 27. He was drafted in 2015, mate. He is... He's 25 now. 25 or 26 now? He was drafted in 2015. He's a March birthday. He's 25. So he'll be 26. Oh, well, he's, he's, he's hardly a spring chick. He's only played 40 games. So he'll be 27 at the start of next season is what you're saying. Like, no, the following, at the end of the contract. How many years ahead are we looking, Timbo? So he plays out this contract. He'll be 35. (laughs) Okay, well, one day he will be. One day, hopefully, he'll be 75. That's what, you know, forty two games. So how old are you? I'll be uh, 19 uh, in a month. Thank you. Cool. So you're 18. You're 18. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Cunners, we need to get more. We need to, I was going to say, we need to get more out of him. We need to get something out of him. Correct. Anything. Charlie Kerno, nailed on comeback player of the year if there was such a thing. Uh, won the Coleman medal five times. He kicked five goals or more. He kicked six twice. He kicked four, another four times. Athleticism's back. His jump was back as the season wore on. And he looked to be getting back to the player that we all thought that we'd actually lost. Bit, so, of, sw- bit of swagger too. A little bit of swagger. And look, funnily, uh, dude, this is a writer. People always use Charlie as proof that Andrew Russell's done a great job. Well, yeah, sure, Charlie's come back. At the expense of everyone else. So, yeah, we've got him back. He's drained the blood out of every other But every other, he's done some deal with the devil. He ate the forbidden donut in the fridge and everyone else is injured instead. Um, I opined, people might remember after his eight disposal effort in round one. (laughs) Sean wanted him to have a spell on the twos. Well, you saw that game be played against St Kilda. He was nowhere near it. He was dreadful. And in round one, he was worse. And it was like this guy – and this was after finishing the previous year, kicking one goal in three weeks. <laughs> and then won us the game against the Bulldogs. No, this is it. <laughs> so <laughs> like goals in the bedroom. Kicked a goal in every single game for the rest of the season. He was goalless in one game and he had him hung on no, the back No, no, I just said that if, he's, if this is what he is at the moment, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, look, he, I, needs, he needs to go back you've and owned, you've owned it enough. It was a too. reasonable observation that you made at the time. I thought you were a bit harsh and we, you were proven well, to Well, you be. hadn't seen the St Kilda game. No, I hadn't. Which was concerning. Yeah. But how much can you take out of that? Oscar McDonald looked like our best player. Mm-hmm. We'll get to him. Um, well, his back wasn't completely rooted. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think we need mostly rooted. I don't think we need to labour the point too much on Charlie, but kicking around the body probably needs to be looked at, sorted out, or disposed of immediately. Just get rid of it out of your game. No, his kick around the body is okay, Sean. He feels the need to do it. Immediately thought to take the mark and play on. Mm, it was not good. Um, well, it wasn't a good moment to take fluff the thirty. Your lines. Take the thirty. 
No, it was not a good moment to fluff your lines. And the worst thing about it was if it was one metre shallower, Harry would have taken a chess mark on the goal line. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Um, and I then he would have bellied the ball and missed it <laughs> sort of out before. Well, and, and, and it's just interesting. Pre-season, I'd love to go back and listen to what we said, but we said how many goals uh, combined out of Harry and Charlie? I said Charlie would kick 64. Pre-season. That was my Stop prediction. It. I reckon we said if they kicked 80 between the two of them, we'd be happy with that, and they kicked 109. I said that, and Sean goes, if they kick 80 between the two of them, <laughs> we're in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> that was like Vince when he goes, what's a good opening for Aquaman? He goes, oh, 50? And he goes, 50, we're on the bread lines. So yeah. It opens to 50. Goes, yeah. It's not good. Um, I do love those. The season wore on, how he would read the ball coming in. The number of goals he gets just because he stays down. Correct. Yeah. He's really good for a guy of his size. He can also panic his opponents yep. into grabbing, into going up. He, he, they lose him and they, yep. they get concerned about what he's going to do. Um, I want to see him moving around a bit more in the 50. And, and I think that don't was probably so trust, trust in yeah. his body as well. You know, I don't think he even knew what he had. Just try to, to get honest. guys on the lead a bit more. Yeah. You, you, that has, hopefully that confidence has come back and he can feel a bit more. I can move around here and, and try to lose them and, you know, get on the lead. Get on your bike. Um, the focus for him, I think he's staying out of trouble. Um, just no basketball, no surfing. Just Well, he won the uh, the Fox footy longest kick. Yeah, Ten grand, yeah. wasn't it? I, I, I question it. No, look, I'm all for him winning it the rather accuracy. than that, the mug that is Sam Draper. But it is just... Sam Draper's kick looked longer on the TV. Mm. <laughs> I, you, I don't know how they're measuring the, it. Are you saying that Dicko out in a dinghy... On the water, no, no, Dicko. It's um, uh, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson's in the dinghy. Dicko was. They can hopefully both stay in a dinghy. Was on the uh, rest of next year on the podium with the with the chief. He's been chief's mate, I think. Dicko, he's he's managed to to parlay an extremely average AFL career into a great friendship with the chief, which has then paid. He had the potential. He just never lived up to it. Dicko, did he kick a goal after the siren to beat us? The day Peter Schwab had a heart attack, mate. Don't go over the top with Dicko. He was okay. This idea that he was something else. He was typical. Say he was something else. I said he, he had. I he, get he, it that you spent your formative years at Waverley Park watching the Hawks for some reason. <laughs> Next, you're going to be telling me that Tony Woods was an untapped gem or like, you know, Raiden Tallis or those Lance Petroni. I, I didn't mind. No, no, Lance was. That's, that's, that's after. I didn't mind Raiden Tallis at all. You were going to say that old man. Craig Trelevin. Hutto. Hutto was. Oh, Hutto. What a player. No, Hutto wasn't there. Harder was gone. Harder was at Footscray. He was at Footscray. Footscray. Um, I think the thing with Charlie, just on closing him, hopefully, given the season he's just had off the back of the years that he'd endured, hopefully that narrows his focus and he realises that's what I want. What I've, I've missed out on, it's not about making up for lost time, but it's about embracing, geez, I'm, like, I'm a star. And well, what and I he, mean to this team. He signed the contract that means I can just be a part of this for a long time. Mm. What what I found amazing, just amazing doing this review, with three players that played every single game. Zach Fisher was one of them. And and the other two were Sam Doherty, who there was a question mark where, whether he would ever play again. He's only got one nut. Or be alive to play again. Mm. And Charlie Kerner, who we thought every chance the kids cooked. And you go, well, Adam Cooney, he's a doctor, of course, was saying that um, no, he won't play again, won't be able to run, won't be able to whatever. <laughs> 64 goals, common medal. Good one, Coons. Yeah, um, 11 Brownlow votes too. On to brother Ed Kerno. His 2022 was basically a write-off given a spate of injuries. Uh, I think he had a calf and then he did a hamstring. hamstring. 
which wrote him off fully. He was um, also doing some work at his house, which, you know, probably took away from a lot of the time at the club. Maybe. Um, <laughs> this is the first time in his 12 years on our list that he didn't play a game. And this is the question I was going to ask is, is has he been downgraded to the rookie list? I don't think so. No. No, I don't There was so. a bit of conjecture about whether he, he had or not. That's what we're going to talk about. But we he can't should talk, have. We can't talk about his season. He yeah, play. Um, but this, sorry, this was the first time he hadn't played a game in 12 years, and in all of those years, he'd played at least 12 games. Well, wait. So ultimately, we'd always said he was the type of player we wanted to move past at senior level, and Kennedy's development, Hewitt's acquisition absolutely did that. He's got himself a one-year deal, and this, I suppose, is a talking point with Ed. It's ruffled a few feathers online. I've been involved in a few conversations about it. We've got 46 spots on the list. If one of them goes to a solid citizen, I don't care. And I'm 100% on board with when you have a bloke that sets the tone in the way that people work on the training track, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to play games and he can still be having a significant impact on people around and him. There was this talk to him, oh, just, just list him in the VFL then. Go, but then that, if we want him to do some coaching, that goes in our soft cap. Yep. This way we get what Absolutely. is hopefully the aim yep. by giving him a nominal fee that goes in the salary cap, which we've got to give to someone. And if we're giving it to someone, at least we know what we're going to be getting out of Ed Curnow. Yep. Um, Can you play Ed Curnow on the wing against Steel Sidebottom? Uh, if he's fit, potentially. But mm. do you want to substitute or do you want to sacrifice one spot on, in the 22 for that specific role? And, and That's I think, a question. And I think the answer is no, you don't. But I'm just I, – I actually think – I don't think it'll play another senior game of football for Carlton. I don't know. I'm with you, and because what we're doing, and I, I used the the example I found, um, saw it posted online. So you might have seen this, Fab. You are obviously in hibernation, so you probably didn't. But Tom Huddleston is a coach and a playing coach in Manchester United's under twenty three setup. So he's thirty five or thirty six years old. Played a couple of games for England. A really good pro. Played for um, Hull, Tottenham. So scored an absolute screamer can, playing for Tottenham. Can hit the ball. So basically his job, he's a playing coach and he goes out there and he helps the kids playing in the under-23s. Awesome. And he, go, he played an unbelievable ball that um, Ganacho scored a nice goal off. And he went, yeah, Ed Kerno running around with Sam Philp or Josh Honey or Stocker if he's playing through the midfield. Carol. He's got yeah. Carol. Yep. Going, he's good football. Yeah. Because he'll run around and he'll win the ball and he'll be a nuisance and he'll do some coaching and he'll help the kids out. That's what he's there to do. He's not there to win us at four points at the MCG on a Sunday afternoon. He's there to help developing kids one, two, three, four, and five in the midfield yep. learn their craft. 100%. Yep. And if it's costing us minimum chips, good investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think this is a phenomenally deep draft. So if you were saying he was going to be our fifth pick in the draft, was going to replace this guy. What's the point? So no issue. You're giving that guy a two-year contract. Yep. You just give Ed one. We're going to get the same benefit. How far into this episode are we going? To what? What? Uh, what F. Letter? F. We've got a few to go. Tom DeConning. Got some good. We got some bad. It was a year of learning and develop for uh, development for Tom. Um, I think we can sometimes be a bit impatient with big boys. We want too much too soon. Having said that, I'm not entirely sure what his best position is. I don't think anyone is. And I don't. The, the concern for that is I don't think he's a. I'm almost certain he's not a number one ruckman. Well, he's not a number one ruckman. He's not a good enough kick to be a key forward. So what is he? He's a forward ruck. 
Does he provide you enough in the ruck? As a which you can't write him off. He's he he is better than a part time. Twenty two years old, and the season got a bit long for him. Once he had to really take that, especially ruck when on. he took the burden oh, on. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, I, and I said, and preface this for any listeners that tell me that I'm not a decent supporter. Ooh. Tom DeConning, Tom DeConning, genuinely should have been traded this offside. I hundred Timbo, yes. These are in my notes. We should have one hundred percent. We hundred percent should have gone. We can sell this guy real high and real he, high. We don't. Hold on, hold on, hold even on. Even if he becomes. That's Tim's Jats. They're just <laughs> no, And mine look, afterwards. And, and look, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm, delighted, I'm delighted that we've still got him because I love, I genuinely love Tim, this kid. Tim, However, we needed to be realistic enough and go, even if this guy becomes what we think he might become, he's not a better forward than Harry and Charlie. He can't play can't in our forward line. We've just given one guy a six year contract, the other guy a seven year contract, and this guy can't play as a third banana with those three guys. We in the can forward flip line. him. Correct. Into you could have tangible got, You assets. could have got a first and a second for him, yep. potentially two. Get a couple of get a draft pick in next year's draft, which yep. is supposed to be a bumper. Then who rucks? Well, well he's not rucking anyway. <laughs> but this is the problem. Well, he's rucking. No, he is rucking. He's not this, doing a great job no, but of this, it. This is where you go and get a Lloyd Meek or a Max Correct. Lynch, and you Correct. just go, "Who is this Meek Mill? I've never heard of him." Meek Free Mill. <laughs> free yeah. Free out of Hawthorne. Okay. So you go. You go and get these guys. That you go. Pido's our number one. That is still an area where we need to address. Yep. If he goes down or has an issue, we've got another like type that can come in, which we're going to we're going to give up nothing to get this bloke. Yeah, it's not us saying we don't believe Tom DeConning is a good footballer or won't become a great footballer, and he could be a premiership player at Carlton as a rugby without any problem. But I'm not convinced he fits a need better. And his brothers just had the greatest breakout season for a key defender we've ever seen, and and even Stephen Silvani was saying, oh maybe we could play Tom DeConning as a uh, key defender like his brother, and you're going. He may have never played defence in his life, and I, I just think, like he, he is a guy whose star is on the rise in a in a massive way. Like Sam or Tom, Kane Corn, Tom, Kane Corns is he an, he, he, yeah, he wanted us to sign him at a million dollars a year. Well, he actually said seven hundred, but I thought this side cannot afford Tom DeConning at seven hundred. The last thing you want is running his contract down to nothing, mm. and then having Geelong come along. Who, let's face it, Nita Ruckman always yep. have had. Yep. If they get him for minimum chips, fucking Jack Bowes style yep. in next year's draft as well, I will go fucking insane. We we honestly could have dangled the carrot and gotten something real good. I reckon. I reckon. And and I think if they haven't asked the question, you know, what we could have done. We could have turned. We could have almost said, "We'll flip you something, a second or whatever, seven for DeConning, and we'll give you a second going back." How are the machinations of the deal? Yep. And then turn seven and ten into. West Coast too. Yeah, too. And then gone and got a Wardlaw or someone who, yep. if we wanted to be really bold, this is the thing where they all want to be like Harry Sheasel. But this is where, but this is it where they all want to be. Then Ameri- you'd have a medium forward to do something. Hundred percent. This is where they all want to be bold and be American sport. American sport would go. It's not that we think Tom DeConning can't play football. He's not a good footballer, but yep. his value is as high as it will ever be. And the lesson learnt with Lance Whitnell was if somebody at our footy club had been smart enough and said, this guy is not serious, he doesn't treat his body properly, he's a super him. footballer. We would have kept Hamill. Yeah, we could have traded him and gotten something. And if, if it straightened him up and he became a great. better footballer in the long run, that's great for Lance and the team that he goes to but we would have been better off with the right sort of guy to be able to lead us forward moving forward. So I think the focus for Tom, just closing off him, there were some games he played, you know, Geelong, Adelaide and Brisbane where I suppose he was just 
cooked. He was cooked and he was completely ineffective and the season had got a bit long for him, which is yep. fine. That's no And he didn't do a big preseason because no, he had no, the no. blood clot shoulder in his, uh, issue in his shoulder. Yeah. So he needs to do a big preseason and he and and he's been exposed to being a number one ruckman now. He knows what his job is. He knows what he needs to do. At 23, have we gone early on the fact that he just doesn't have a number one ruckman body yet? Well, that's he's got what, the athleticism, the, the leap, him, and the, the the priority for him is size. Yeah, he needs to get bigger. We, fill it drip. We, he's got the he's got a frame. He's got the perfect frame. But see, he played twenty three, and I don't know how like that that made that Geelong game. Reece Stanley, that was, ninety kilos at his weight is not big enough. I've got him down here at hundred. Well, Timbo weighed him himself. I've got him at two hundred three and hundred. Which scales are you using? Fuck knows. <laughs> that was a spirited discussion. I like that. Uh, Sam Doherty. All 22 games from Doc, best return since 2017. Started the year in absolutely ludicrous form across half back and then came back to the pack a little bit as the season wore on. Started to do that. Up and under blind just, kick. Just Yeah, just blind kick up the line. Um, so I'm not sure if that was a case of physical or emotional fatigue and you know things really ramped up. But when he moved into our midfield mix, he got Absolutely. a new lease on life. And he, Hello. He actually was quite effective and you sort of went, uh, a lot of people have been saying, why don't we do this a bit more often? And he vindicated that. Um, so I suppose given the mix of options we've got at half back, I think this is a lever that needs to be pulled a little bit more often. I think it um, does. But look, it, we, again, we and don't especially wanna... if Jordan Boyd can occupy time down back, it releases him to play on the ball a little bit more as well. Yeah, any, any we have kick options. Goal of the year. Any kick goal of the year. It was a big goal, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't goal of the year, but it was a very emotional goal. It was, goal. Very it was goal. the best goal. From, uh, from a pure goal of the year sense, no. But mm. you know what I'm trying to get at. Is there a goal that pl- the competition enjoyed seeing more than that goal? Possibly not. No. So I think the focus for Doc is just reset, recharge, and be ready to go. Yep. Pre-season. His season, some time 625 off. possessions, the 13th most possessions in a season by a Carlton player ever for a bloke that a lot of people thought may never play again. Yep. It's love the man. pretty good. I love yeah. him. Love him. And, and the doco that the club did on him just very recently uh, – you know, when they interviewed him, talk, in, talking through the vision of, you know, seeing him come to training with no hair and no eyebrows yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It did and not look good. He, he did not look like a healthy man. And so yeah. the fact that he was doing, he has done what he has done, it's a genuine miracle. Just listen to Michael Voss talk about him. Loves him. I think everyone gets a bit emotional. Yep. I do. I'm, so man, I, I think. And the way, he, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it, but the way Cripper embraced him to won the Brownlow was kind of like. There's a special bond there. Go, I love watching that video because he gives a massive hug to Doc. Yeah, a little hug to to Charlie. Harry is like, fuck off. I'm not, I'm, I'm not into this. <laughs> but then it was like um, Kennedy and Walsh, they were like solid embraces. <laughs> Harry was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Well, he, Harry hadn't <laughs> signed yet, so uh, Harry can wait. So, um, yeah, no, nah, love Doc. I thought. While he had his moments this year, I don't think we expected that output. No. No. And as whether that early form was just ran aground a little bit because of that emotional fatigue more than anything, and teams put a bit more work into him, um, but that, that move inside sort of really reinvigorated him and, and needs to be explored further. And the wife's pregnant, so... That's be. phenomenal news. Yep. So, all good. Good stuff. Obviously put some, put some uh, boys away for later. Yeah. Yep. Which is that's a good what, decision. That's what Lance Armstrong did too. He, yep. he gave one sample before they started uh, surgery and radiation therapy because they said you you 
will not be able to have children. Did they do that as he was just about to go under? He's on the table. And the guy goes, wait a minute. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> do you want us to give you a hand there? Literally? Yeah. yeah. They took the sample and it was pure anabolic steroids. Yeah, exactly. Human growth hormone. <laughs> it was like literally. Du- double cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paddy Dow. Not a great year. Credited with four games. He was an unused sub twice um, against Port Adelaide and against Melbourne. And his first game actually came as a sub against Collingwood. Um, he played 17 games last year, so only two really this year. We went over it. We had a fiery discussion some time ago. I think he was very stiff at times not to be given more opportunity and especially given his form at the lower level. We don't need to go over that. I think he dropped after 21 touches, five clearances and five tackles against Collingwood. Yep. Not good enough. And then not seen again to that disastrous performance against Brisbane in which he was, I think, scapegoated. On a day, <laughs> Mate, no, well, the entire team was on a day. No one on a day. No one turned up. Yep. Yep. they dropped him, and it, and it almost tro- uh, cost Cripper the Brownlow because he was the only bloke that was prepared to fly the flag yep. in a moment where he probably didn't need to go, and he did. And shout out to Chris Townsend, by the way. he just. I think in the end, his tactic was just to bore the tribunal to death. A little bit like when. Um, Do you reckon Chris Townsend walks out of that and goes rings Marcus Clark and goes? That's how it's done. That's how it's done, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Townsend, one, Clark, zero. Yeah. Um, reports indicated that Paddy wanted to stay at the club. Yep. Uh, which Just I, to fight for his position. Which I think is a bad move. I think he probably should have left. Bad move for him personally. Yeah, I yeah. think from he out... For, he um, should have gone. Selfishly. It, you fucking hate the guy. And step, no, no, I don't think he's providing what you think he would provide. But I agreed with you early season when we had... Those injuries, yes, he should have been given an opportunity. I suppose, and, and I think late in the season, when it when it came to pass that Hewitt had a bit of a back injury, Kennedy. a bit, a and bit, Kennedy as well. Well, no, no, but but he's there, got one of those metal braces. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the opportunity to be able to rest a guy in a given week or whatever else. There was a guy that was playing good enough football. No, Tim, twos. let's break him. Yeah. Let's continue oh, I, playing this man until he can't yeah. walk. We, and, and it just seemed we were very, very one-dimensional in the view of our midfield. And you know, the chat before about you know Doherty potentially coming in and you know Setterfield late in the season got to go inside and played some good football. We we have to utilise what we have and be a little bit more creative and think outside of the square and have a bit more versatility um, in the way that we're going about it because the season is long. And yep. we just got to make we just got to be smarter sometimes. And if it means you deploy a kid like this into the midfield more often than, you, than we have, I think it's worthwhile. But I think too you got to read the room. So they he, he starts the year off really really well in the twos, doesn't get a look in. Yeah, comes in in round eleven off the bench because Weedering goes down. So in a, in a game we're compromised in structurally, and he's okay. Yep, gets dropped. Yep. Doesn't feature again for another ten weeks. Yep, the kid knows. Fuck, I'm under pressure. Jesus, I'm under pressure. Fuck. And the hardest okay, thing is, is well. if he does have a monster preseason and he is dead set flying, will they pick him? Nope. No. Nah. When the footy director openly pots you, however many years ago it is now, yeah. it's he, he needed to go. It's a long, long way back for him. And look, credit to him. His attitude and his application never wavered. He won the BNF uh, in the twos, yep. um, which I suppose is good Finished reward. third in the list, then. is that right? I, I reckon yeah. he's got a very strong friendship group. Yeah, probably. The club. Yeah. Um, but he's holidaying with Walsh in that. At the moment, so I think ultimately, and he he's the poster boy for this, and we can we everyone else is actually gone. I think, I think, in the cold light of day, however many years on the knock on sauces recruiting, particularly at that position, 
is identifying aerobic suitability for yeah. AFL football. Yeah. They've clearly decided Dow doesn't have it, Samo doesn't have it, and they've obviously decided Stocker doesn't have it either. Yeah. That they simply do not possess, whilst they have AFL weapons, they don't possess the aerobic capacity to play you, you AFL can't football. Run and which we is can't make you run. In, in 2022, is almost midfield. a pre- prerequisite. So, well, I mean, we'll get to Stocker later, but. Stocker, Dow, Samo, I think obviously the knock there is, and I've spoke about Stocker saying he should he needs to play in the midfield in the twos every week. Yep. He didn't because he couldn't. And then the knock obviously Dow at AFL level is you can't do that. So were we to or should we have known that this was the case? Probably. Where pound for skill-wise, and we'll obviously talk on Lockie O'Brien afterwards, it's the one thing he does have yep. is running capacity. His one would... Kingy. So for Dow, I think it's come back early, come back in great shape, be ready to work, yep. and then where that takes him in 2023. And, and, and let's take face it. out four teammates. Tonya Harding, watch Hi Tonya and take notes. Well, Matt Kennedy uh, got himself fitter and has changed his football career around as a result of it. So it, it's possible. It's I don't possible. want to take the credit. We'll touch on Kennedy after, but I did – Share a carriage with him on Puff and Billy, and things started to turn around. So wasn't that this year? That was last year. Oh, hadn't he already turned it around by then? It was like round. Why was he on Puff and Billy? Year. No, no, it was during like. How the well, fuck would we we know? No, it wasn't. It was twenty twenty one when I saw. Was it. he was he with children? It was with. I reckon it was with his mum. What the fuck is he doing on Puff and Billy? And you know when you see him on TV and you look, he's, he's a solid kid and whatever, and you look at him in real life and go, "You are so scrawny." Yeah, like compared to you and I, you were we're. we're Early blokes, but mm. um, so you look at him and go, shit. He's probably a bit harder than you. You're probably a bit soft. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I agree with you. His sure. body fat percentage would probably be a little bit better. As a percentage, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just probably a, just, just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, line ball. I could eat Matt Kennedy. <laughs> um, yeah. So Paddy Dow. I mean, we're praying for you, buddy. But uh, you should have got out. You should have yeah. got out. Corey Durden next. Twenty-one games, fifteen goals, laid forty-eight tackles. Lots of nice signs, lots to work on, but that's what he is. He is a work in progress. That's right. Yep. Uh, he kicked two goals on four occasions. Never managed more than that, though. He had 10 goalless games, which is a concern. He only had one game where he laid five tackles, um, and he had seven where he laid one or fewer. So the room for improvement is there. The numbers... Consistency is the, what he needs. Like the raw numbers are underwhelming when yep. you look at them, but a little like some of his developing teammates... I think the year just got a bit long for him. Yeah, yeah. fifteen it, goals, fifteen goals from pretty much a full season for a small forward isn't. You need you need thirty minimum. Yeah. But he took a big step coming from not being in the team to, you know, first choice. Yep. Impacting up and about, he 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 did well early, and we've all gone. This kid's got something, and and yeah, the, what he laid this year was just the platform. You it's know, about levelling out his best and his worst. He's got to totally, try and totally. to get some equilibrium. That's yeah. right. So I suppose I'm going to piss on your chips a bit more here. So he had a spell mid-season in rounds 11 to 13 where he averaged six touches a week. Yep, not good enough. And he kicked three goals and reached double-figure disposals just once yep. between rounds 18 and 23. Yep. So you're kind of going, whilst we like enough of what we see to think there's a player there, that needs to become quite tangible for you to maintain your spot. Well, again, like what we said before, modern-day football is about 
creating turnover. And if you can turn over closer to goal, your chances of kicking a goal yourself are much, much higher. It's so one of those areas. Unlike the ruck, I think we've got something to work with, but small forward is an area of weakness. Very much so. When we've got four or five guys that are floating through that role who can do it. There's one clear standout. Jesse Motlock. Yep. Yep. Well, he looks the most talented of the lot. Yeah, his ceiling looks to be the highest. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I think for, for Corey, the big big preseason, just work on fitness, work on forward craft. And and I think too, I, look, I do appreciate that he's in a feast or famine role. Yep. Um, and sometimes you might just have a game where you don't work particularly hard but get everything. And then others where you chase and chase and chase and chase and just nothing happens for you all day. Um, and when you're a young player, that can be a bit of a struggle. But look, I think he... Just needs to be sharp and clean and decisive when he gets the opportunity. I've got no evidence around this comment, but <laughs> it'd be interesting to give it to s- me to see. We've got the Col- the last two Coleman medalists. He has evidence to support that element of the comment. Are they starved of opportunity? They should have plenty of opportunity because they're not marking every ball that comes in. Kicking sixty and what? What? Sixty-four and forty-five. Five. The ball's hitting the deck a lot. And it's coming out a lot. There is always going to be opportunity. Oh, I'm not saying because, there isn't. Because we're going to be predictable. You know where it's going to go. I have no evidence. You, you did say that, and it, it turned out to be true. You broke um, On to his cousin or brother or whatever, Sam, uh, picked up with the 13th pick in the mid-season draft amid an absurd crisis at the back and injured in his first game for us. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Uh, he actually ended up being the perfect Carlton key back. He injured immediately. Um, he was a cover for Weeders, then Weeders ended up actually beating him back to fitness, <laughs> which is funny. Got himself a one-year deal, or did he sign on an eighteen-month? When he I think it was eighteen came months, across, so, yeah. so, so I think he is on the senior list. Like from memory, in that first, like was he against Richmond? It was Richmond? Yeah, like, he was. He looked good. He was okay. Fine. Yeah, he was okay. Um, and look, I had a chat with David Mirror for the the Box Hill thing I do, and, and he was really good when he spoke about him getting drafted. He goes, "I was never a first 22 player. He goes, I was there in case uh, Frawley got injured or someone blah, 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 or uh, Stratton goes, was sore. He goes, I was there as an he insurance. He was captain, you know that? Ben, ben yeah, Stratton was. was named captain. He was also, was, was he suspended for pinching? <laughs> he might be. I don't know. Horacio <laughs> Fantasia. 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 Um, but Miz's attitude was absolutely right, and I think that's what Durden's attitude is. Yeah. He goes, I'm here in case. Yeah. Well, he's going to play at Glenelg otherwise and get paid whatever he gets paid there. But, for the base. You know, but he's you know, 26 years of age and I can be a really, really solid contributor to a second-level competition or I can say... This might be the best my life gets. Yeah, absolutely. Which isn't a knock on him. It's like, this, I'm going to be on an not. AFL list. It's, it's just realistic. Be, just be ready. This is going to be... Yep. That's it. That's my focus. Train well. Have a really good attitude at seconds level. And use whatever ready. experience you have to help others and just be ready. And yep. you've been picked in that role because you're the, you are the next best available and, and we have a need. So, yes. as you said, be ready, work, you know. And he should. He should be actually a really um, a good pillar for us in the twos, which well, helps us be competitive well, there. Well, when a kid gets drafted too and he can sort of say, I got taken wherever I was. First round pick I was once talked about as being the second best kid in the country. This didn't quite play out. Newsflash, it didn't play out that way. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you um, 
what do you do instead? And and how do you come back from but it? He's, because he's showing like a level a of resilience. Or, or, you know, or we, don't do what I did. We mentioned, obviously, that there's some um, with the draft stuff of the top trade and like, and, and you obviously spoke during the week on the text chain about uh, Jed Buslinger or whatever yep. his name is. Yep. Intercepting defender. You go, well, he comes to the club. He's not going to be ready and not going to be playing senior football. Sam Durden probably helps him in the twos. Well and truly. If that's the player we pick. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's the thing. Not often when you take a pick in the first round, they very rarely step in and play straight away. It's sort of Particularly like, the key. Well, most definitely. Yeah. So so we just have to be very mindful of, well, what are we wanting from our pick? Are we, are we wanting somebody that impacts straight away or are we taking the best available player that makes us better potentially in five years' time? And as silly as it sounds, Sam Durden... Stays on the list. If that's the type of player we bring in, he actually he helps him. Correct. He helps him develop, mature, and the like. Yeah. And Fab doesn't agree with this, but there's a couple of ruckmen floating around that I still reckon it wouldn't be the worst thing to take an 18 year old ruckman and just at what pick develop 49. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I don't think the, the days. No, you're not the, taking him at 11. Yeah. No. Um, Zachary Fisher, 22 games, his best return in a season, kicked 18 goals, which is also his best return in a season. The Slippery Fish had a very up-and-down year, Fabaganoush. Absolutely, um, he did. It was really good, I suppose, to see him put 2020 and 21 behind him, which were sort of tricky in terms of body and form and relationship with the coach, but I think he did that. Um, his best coincides with our best. Absolutely. Barometer. The barometer. And I get – and you guys cop it more, obviously, through the text that I get infuriated. Mm, we do. When he just can't seem to inject himself – into the play. This he just goes missing. Well, I've got the thing here. He had tw- uh, fewer than twenty disposals on fourteen occasions. Yeah. So that's that's under. That's not good enough. Um, because he is, he's just got talent to burn. Okay, very capable. Do you want me to do you want me to add to that stat? Yeah. So we had twenty disposals uh, or fewer on fourteen occasions. In those fourteen games, we went six and eight. In the games in which he has twenty or more disposals, we went six and two. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. gentleman is, is a the fucking stat. Yeah. It'll be interesting in those games where he's got 20 or more, he's probably got a goal in there too. Yeah, probably. Well, he kicked 18, which is a good return it's for good a player number. of his, yeah. his type. But we, we definitely need him touching the ball more often. Absolutely. Well, we need more goals from our midfield. And so whether you're calling him a half-forward flanker or a wingman or a midfielder or whatever, he needs to be part of that core of players that's giving us just a little bit more than what we've seen. He's the guy who, once we bound off half-back, he's the conduit and the link yeah. to gre- take the ball by hand, take some... Take some ground by foot yep. and then kick. Yep. Draw yep. the draw the defence out to him, or keep going, keep going, keep going, keep yep. going. Because yep. look, I think we need to find the right balance between how tidy he can be in tight with the reality that he is very light framed. Correct. And he's actually going to be ineffectual largely in the contest. I love yep. the trickiness of him, but sometimes like Zach, for fuck's sake, just keep it simple. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so um, I agree. No, he, he's, and he's, and he's, he's, probably, he's probably the one player at the club I can genuinely say I love but infuriates me. That's, that's, yeah. well, that's part of it. Because I want, I want for more that's with a really, him. That's a really yep. key part. I hold him to a higher standard than most others. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, as um, I just said, 24 years of age, um, he's, he's done a tremendous apprenticeship. We know the value that he gives us. It's like... His best is very, very good. Yeah. Well, he's the guy who a spike from him majorly benefits us, majorly. So the focus for me, for Zach Fisher, is consolidate the positives of this year, 
and just get yourself fitter, get yourself a little stronger. Be better for longer. And just be better for longer, I agree. Nothing to add on Zachary. No. Lockie Fogarty up next. Fogarty? Fogarty? Fogarty. John John Fogarty. Started 2021 in really good fashion. Just 18 months later, he's surplus to requirements. Uh, 17 games last year. He played three games this year, including one as an unused sub. Uh, we actually didn't see him after round four. Yep. So pretty... had a lot of problems with injuries. Had back surgery and hamstring. Join well. the fucking queue, mate. Yep. In a chair, in a wheelchair, because none of you fucking pricks with back injuries can stand. I mean, that's a problem. We've got a lot of guys with back problems. Yes. And with all respect, old mate John here, your back not as high priority as George Hewitt. And Sam Walsh, and whoever it's just what is going on down there? Is it the surface? Good questions. No. Okay. It's the fucking strength and conditioning man who is breaking these players, and the fact that he is retained. I must break you. <laughs> the fact, <laughs> if they die, they die. That's what he says before <laughs> every training session when someone goes, "Geez, they all look a bit sore, look a bit lame." Dad, Jack, do you reckon we just rein it in for a session, see if their bodies respond? No. No. Go harder. No, we're going to break them. Yeah. Like, the fact that he is still there, if, if we waste another year and it's the same shit, no fitness, poor availability, what are we doing? I'm sorry, we're not talking about Andrew Russell. We're no, talking we're talking about, about Lockie Fogarty. Lockie Fogarty, I just don't think, even if he was fit, he's just not quick enough to be an AFL footballer. Yeah, but he does lay a lot of tackles. Uh, he's Timbo, good yeah. with contests. Are you related to him or something? Uh, like very close family friend. Yeah. Look, he, he was one of the major casualties of the change in management. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He yeah. was. Yeah. And, and I think I think at Carlton we had we'd long tried to add a couple of pieces to the puzzle and help Crips and have a bit more of a presence inside and all that sort of stuff. And in the end, you know, we brought in Hewitt, we brought in Chera, and they've just sort of said, "Let's do this properly," you know. And uh, and, and I still think you know, lock, I think. Lockie's still only 23, and I think he's a talented young footballer, but he's just got to find his spot. When he came to Carlton, I thought we would use him really well. Um, Initially, he looked okay. He did. He was doing a lot of cross half forward, and I always thought eventually he would transition and play a little bit more in the square. He's never really done that, and, and maybe there's been a trick that we've missed there, but he's a hard footballer, and he competes, and he works hard. So hopefully the body had been an issue. And if he's corrected that and he can have a good pre-season, well, maybe he asks a question during the year. But I fear he's not a best 22 footballer and he won't see a lot of senior football. No, he he, he could win the Liston. Yeah. And again, if we've got a senior experienced body who's taken a bit of pressure off kids at that level, that's fine. And mm-hmm. and equally, if we do have the sort of depth that it feels like that we've got, if we can have it... like. Teams that do very, very well at senior level invariably have a very strong reserves program yeah. as well. So if our reserves program is better for having better players through there and you've got kids coming through that they can shape them, I think all of Carlton is a little bit better. And yep. and, and that's not a, and everyone plays their role in that as well. So I think for him, again, he's another one of those guys. Attitude needs to be a priority. Yep. Attitude needs to be first class. Do that, commit, buy in and just be ready. I think, when, I think he's a pretty good citizen. Well, if you get the call up, just yep. be ready. Absolutely. You know, and, and realise that you're probably going to have to work very, very hard. Yep. Um, you're the alert five. Yeah. You like that reference. You smiled. You gave me a smile. You'll deny it. But you gave me... You, There's oh. no proof of that happening. Tim, um, did you smile? 
It was a smile. Yeah, it was wry, if anything. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end of the blue pages A to F. And we're going to have a quick pause here just while I publish this and we'll move on to uh, what, what up there? G, G to N usually covers after F. Um, what did we make of that, Faber Ganoush? I've been needing to go to the toilet for about 15 for minutes. For Baganoush. <laughs> what else have we got on here? we still got... Um... It's serious because it's very important, peace. That's like, I like that one. Are we still recording? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else have we got? Got something else? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. What did you think of that, Tim? Was that good? No, I was very happy with that, actually. It oh, was, I, uh, it. I was interested to see um, how how we were going to wax and play out. Well, cons- like, I was like concerned when Tim goes, oh, he said, it's like I'm alphabetical. He said, how are we doing? And he goes, I'm doing them by number. <laughs> I said, well, that's not how we're doing it. It's, it's a blue page. Well, I was assembling some stats, and, of course, you can go, you go through your stats in uh, number order. You probably could have done it alphabetically, but anyway, I'll just scroll. Excellent. That's fine. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in part two. Uh, I think we'll probably do these day by day, so tomorrow. Does that sound agreeable to you, idiots? If I say this, you go, oh, people will listen to it whenever they do, blah, blah, blah. Don't you? Next episode, not tomorrow. Next episode. You just reckon we just drop them all at once, like Netflix style? Yeah, who cares? No, I've made my mind up. Give yourself a couple of days. Yeah, we're going to do it Sunday. Anyway, the next the next two episodes aren't going to be as long as this first one. We might even do Sunday, Tuesday, My bladder will run away. All right, everyone, we'll catch you. Well, after the break, I suppose. I don't know how this is going to work. Here's our outro. We're going to do the same intro because I don't have a printer <laughs> <laughs>